Welcome back or welcome to Apartment 11. Uh, this is College Football Thoughts. And, you know, again, we've changed up the little scenery of it. You know, Cam and Bargo and I, we do the NFL and the NBA. So check out for that. But I'll throw it over to Bargo to explain a little bit more of that. So go on. Yeah, John Miller joined us on the show last week. And as I said, he's one of my really good friends. And I think we've made, made a group decision. We're going to have John on the College Football Podcast permanently. He knows his stuff, so I think he's going to be a great addition. Yeah, he just knows a lot more than Cameron and I do, and it just takes that little bit more expertise and things like that into it, and yeah, we love it. So, so with that being said, John, how was how was, what do you think about your first show last week? It was very interesting. I liked it a lot. Um, it's honestly just good to be here with you, you know, talking college football. I mean, we do this in normal, in, or like in general anyway, so... There's nothing on, better than boys talking ball. Yeah, being on the podcast isn't much different than our everyday talk, but... Thanks for the opportunity. All right, let's uh, get started with a, a game that uh, took place pretty close to us. It's up uh, I-75 in Cincinnati, a game we talked about would have been a really good atmosphere to be at was uh, Cincinnati versus the University of Central Florida. Uh, UCF is a team that is, I think you and I have both grown to dislike. So it's not because they're good, which they are a good team, but they think they, better, they, think they are better than they are. And... Cincinnati beat them. What would you think about that game? Well, first off, I think it's not just us. It's pretty much nationwide, especially in the South. A lot of people have come to dislike them because, they, th- like you said, they think they're better than they actually are. And when they started the whole thing, like, we're national champions, that was that was nonsense. Like, if they would have played Alabama, they would have got rolled. Exactly. It's completely different from Auburn in 04 with Cadillac Williams, who went undefeated. And they didn't get a shot at the national title. Then UCF, who plays nobody and goes undefeated and not getting played for a national title. Two completely different and aspects. They had a, what we thought was a really good head coach at the time was Scott Frost a couple years ago when they made that big run. Now he's went to Nebraska, and I, don't, I think there might be one and three on the year so far, or two and three. I don't, I'm not quite sure what the record is at Nebraska, but I know he's not doing too hot. But plus, a lot of that talent he recruited in there at Central Florida is not there anymore. And I saw – actually, I take that back. A lot of talent he recruited in is still in there, so the new coaches got the rewards of all that talent. But they're not even ranked him. I know you mentioned a little stat you have about ranked teams in that conference. Yeah, the AAC, they have three ranked teams right now in SMU, Cincinnati, and Memphis. So it, I guess the conference as a whole is getting better, which could be hurting UCF. But then again, there is all that talent. So if you're really that big a bad of a – Dog, like you keep saying, you are. You got to win these games. And uh, with Cincinnati, like they're a team that I think a lot more people should start talking about. They have a, the coach. He, he was the coordinator at Ohio State a few years back. Luke Fickle. He is sixteen and three since the beginning of the last year at Cincinnati. And the conference isn't that tough. We we acknowledge that. But sixteen and three is something to talk about. And he has been under Urban Meyer for. Un, he was under Urban Meyer for years. And he, he's that you can tell watching him now, like he's developing, he's recruiting a team there in Cincinnati. Yeah, it really doesn't. And when you look at this game, it doesn't really surprise me at all because of how he does have the team going. But also, when you look at what factored into it, it was a Friday night game. The great, the crowd was great. Yeah, the crowd was rocking that game, and Cincinnati just kind of manhandled them from the start. And it, I think the score ended up being actually closer than it really was. I think it was 27-24 maybe. I, I don't remember. Yeah, UCF scored a couple l- late ones. But for the most part, Cincinnati, 
Cincinnati is also a school. I know you, we've talked about you and I are Kentucky football fans. They take some recruits away from us because, you know, as Kentucky, they like going up in Ohio. The coaching staff from Ohio, they like going up there and grabbing some talent. And I know they're starting running back, Michael Warren. He's a, He was a four-star guy out of high school. He was one time committed to Kentucky, and they plucked him away and flipped him. So that's something, like, as from our point of view, like we have to watch out is, like, hey, like if they keep building a winner, those kids from Ohio are going to stay closer to home there in, in Cincinnati. But another thing about Luke Fickle we need to watch out for is one if one of these days when Stoops leaves and Fickle's still there at uh, at Cincinnati, he's a very, very good candidate to come and get this Kentucky job. He is. It's like you said, though, like me and you, I know we're both big Neil Brown guys, and that's kind of who we hope gets it. But he would be a good candidate, and I don't think I'd be mad if he got it eventually. No, I wouldn't either because, like we just said, he he's already – Kentucky's established this Ohio recruiting base, and if you bring Fickle in, like he can keep that Ohio recruiting base going and – and I think it would be a really good hire, but one of my first, the, I don't think the timeline's going to match up because if Cincinnati keeps winning this year, there's a very good possibility that he gets a really good job coming soon. And I, I, I don't think that this is going to happen, but that Auburn job, I, the, the Auburn fans have been mad at Gus Malzahn for it seems like three or four years now, and that Auburn job's going to be a really good job that's going to come open at some time. They, so they've got a good, really good quarterback in Bo Nick, so that might save Malzahn to this point. But – yeah, as far Auburn as, fans are never happy, though. You can win a national title at Auburn, and they're still upset. So let's go ahead and talk about the, this Auburn-Florida game that took place uh, on, on Saturday. It was 24-13, 4-1, and two top ten teams played. And they, I don't know, they did not look like top ten teams. And But to be fair, they are top ten teams. They were just beating up on each other the whole game. Eight combined turnovers for both teams. Yeah, it was just one of those SEC games where the defenses just really came out and shined. And I really believe that this was the first week where you could tell that Bo Nix was a true freshman. Yeah, I, he, I, he struggled a I lot said in this a couple game. Weeks on, a couple weeks ago on the show, like he some sometimes he comes out and he looks like a fifth-year redshirt senior and he's out there making plays. But then there's other, other games like this last one last week against Florida – where he looks like the true freshman. I mean, he threw – he's 11-27, 145 yards, one touchdown and three interceptions. And that's just not – you're not going to win in the swamp with that kind of stat line. Yeah, it just goes to show, honestly, about they can play all these great games right in a row, but then once you get to SEC play, week in and week out, it just gets so tough and so draining on you mentally and physically, I feel and like. And with, with Florida, I mean, if like I, the, the vibe around Florida right now is like – Man, Florida's not good. And last year, there was the same vibe around Florida. It's like, man, Florida, Florida shouldn't be ranked that high. But they all they do is keep winning. Dan Mullen is sixteen and three as well since the beginning of last year. So at some point, you just have to say, like, no, like this is who they are. They they win games, but people keep saying like they're ranked too high. They're ranked too high. It's been that way for two years. And I think we just have to, you know, say good job, Dan Mullen. You're building a winner there, Florida. Yeah, I'm actually really impressed with the job he's doing, and this week in particular, really. Surprised me. I did not expect them to come out and um, their defense just kind of dominate like they did. But he had them ready to go, and he's doing a great job so, down there. So did you uh, did you see the video of Derek Brown from Florida he, or from Auburn picks up the picks up the fumble and is running down the field and he trips yes. over like the that was the play. Like if they scored that touchdown, which if for for the listeners who didn't don't know what happened, uh, Florida is driving on Auburn side of the field. Florida fumbles. 
Derek Brown, the defensive line for Auburn, picks it up, and he has nothing but green grass in front of him. And I don't remember what yard line he made it to. It was probably like the opposite 35. He was going in for a touchdown. Nobody around him. And just trips and falls. He did. It looks like he got sniped. But actually, that was right after a Bo Nix interception as well. Yeah. The play before. The thing is, I don't I don't quite remember what the score of the game was at that time. It was really early. But, like, with the, lead, the, the amount of points that was scored, obviously wasn't a lot. That extra touchdown, like, that could have changed the game. And it's kind of becoming, like, a thing on the internet. It's like, hey, look at this. It's funny. But, like, no, that that play kind of kind of changed the game. So, yeah, Florida, I I still think that they're going to keep getting better, going to keep getting better under Dan Mullen. But this is – I think it's be for years to come because I think this is Dan Mullen's last job there at Florida. So, I think we should start respecting them a little bit more. Another, I agree. Another SEC game that – it ended up being a blowout. Georgia and Tennessee. Georgia won. I think it was forty-three to fourteen. But we talked a little bit about Tennessee last week, and then I was watching this game, watching this game on Saturday in Tennessee and Georgia. And for the first quarter, like Tennessee held their own against Georgia. Yeah, it was kind of weird, just because what we've seen from Tennessee all year was not the same Tennessee team we saw the first quarter. They came out and they it actually looked like they had a fire underneath them and like they wanted to prove something. But then in the end, you know, Georgia's just too big, too strong, yeah, the, the talent, too fast, the too The talent good. for Georgia took over, but uh, I don't even know. I can't – I don't remember the, I, this backup quarterback's name for Tennessee. He's – I assume he's going to start this week. He looked good in the, in, the first, in the first quarter there. And like I said, Tennessee held their own for a little while. I guess they tuned in to the podcast last week and saw that we weren't talking too great about them, so they played good. But Georgia, on their hand, they just – they keep – they just keep performing – like, we expect they should perform. Yeah, it seems – also, if he does start this week, it, it would go along with the common theme in the SEC this year, backup QBs playing. Yeah, that's a – it's just – and the thing is, all especially in the SEC East, like we've had – it's kind of the year of the injury in the SEC East. You had Kelly Bryant go down. Obviously, Terry Wilson from Kentucky went down. Jake Bentley at South Carolina went down. So, all these quarterbacks keep going down, and the backups are coming in. So, it's definitely been a, a theme so far, and – Speaking of backup quarterbacks and, and quarterback situations, let's just go ahead and talk about this Kentucky-Arkansas game. Usually we talk about the, the game the previous week for Kentucky, but it came off a of bye week. Thankfully, they needed that bye week more than anything. But they, like, I don't like saying games are must-win games, but Arkansas is coming into Kroger Field, and Arkansas is really bad. They have a second-year head coach, Chad Morris, and he came from SMU, and they thought he was just going to be great. And he just hasn't performed like they thought he would, but to be fair, it's just his second year. Kentucky needs to get this win on Saturday. What do you think? Yeah, they need to get it bad. Um, I just feel like if Kentucky does lose this game, going forward for the rest of the year, the fan base is just not going to be there for them. Um, and that's basically what it comes down to is, like, do you want to keep this momentum going with the football program in the state of Kentucky, or do you want to kind of lose it and just people are going to just look ahead towards basketball season? And the reason we brought it up is the quarterbacks, we still don't know who's going to play quarter, who the quarterback's going to be. Uh, Sawyer Smith is still listed as a starter for Kentucky at like as of now, and they keep saying all the quarterbacks are playing besides Terry, obviously. But I still I think it's kind of a little bit of gamesmanship from Stoops, and I, I do expect I, I I don't know what to expect because I originally I thought before all the the news this week that all the quarterbacks were practicing, I still thought like Sawyer Smith would be like, be the guy out there. But everybody seems to think Lynn Bowden is going to be your starting quarterback on Saturday. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. If I was Stoops, I wouldn't come out and say either. But, I mean, we've seen what Sarge Smith can do. We've seen what he can do hurt. So, if he's not hurt, I don't think we need to play him. But if you do go with Lynn Bowden, who knows what the offense will look like? Who who knows all the little wrinkles that will be added? 
it could be very interesting and, and fun to watch. And you worry about Limbone getting hurt because he's going to take so many hits back there. But in another instance, like you're going to put the ball in your best playmaker's hands every snap. And that's that's obviously going to be a positive. But on the other side of that, defenses are going to be keying in. They're going to put seven, eight, maybe nine guys in the box so they're not going to trust Lynn Bowden to throw the ball. So it's going to be something to watch going forward. But I'd, if I had to pre- predict, I would still think Sorry, we're going to see Sorry Smith on Saturday. I do not know that. It's just, just an educated guess. But I, I think you're going to see some Sorry Smith. And I think they'll probably put Lynn Bowden back there some. But, you know, something with when they, since they've lost Terry – Sorry, Smith looked good for that half against Florida, and he, he's hurt. He 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 got hurt in that Florida game, and so they're just having to find find options now. But it's definitely a game Kentucky needs to win on Saturday. It, I would almost go as far as to say it's a must win for the Cats. And you know, we another topic we have here is transfer quarterbacks, and we lost we lost Terry. He's a transfer quarterback that came in, and Sorry, Smith is a grad transfer from Troy, and he I think he can from what we saw from him when he was healthy, he looked. He looked good, like he can win games. But obviously, we saw the the Mississippi State game at Mississippi State, and then two weeks ago at South Carolina, he just didn't have it. His arm didn't look there, and it looked bad. So definitely a must win for Kentucky on Saturday. Now, I know, like I just said, another topic we have is transfer quarterbacks, and this is a topic that you wanted to bring up because we, we you th- you don't think about it until you actually start talking about it. There are so many transfer quarterbacks in college ba- college, college basketball, college football that are making an impact. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, if you look at all the transfer QBs, most of these guys were at the Elite 11, and then it just seems like they all continue to go to the same school out of high school, and then they transfer and they make a big name for themselves. So, like at one, we have Jalen Hurts, who's just absolutely killing it this year. I know he's your guy. You want to talk about him a little bit? Oh, Jalen Hurts is – I think he went to, to a perfect spot – for him, we, he's under Lincoln Riley now. He's just making plays every week. What about them? They, I saw at the end of the first quarter to Kansas, they were now fourteen to seven, and Kansas leading against Oklahoma is something you never, never see. So it's not. Maybe, also, maybe, uh, what do you think about Les Miles at Kansas, real quick, before we continue this? I think it was a great hire for them, just because he's not really. It doesn't really seem like he's a Big Twelve guy, but he's doing a good job there. I, I and the one thing he's actually getting recruits there. Yeah, he is, and and he, I think he thoroughly he's enjoying the process at at Kansas. Yeah, at LSU it seemed like he was always stressed, even though he was the Matt Hatter and having fun. But at Kansas, it just seems like it's more enjoyable for him. There's not nearly as much pressure to and, win there. And he, yeah, this is what you hit it on the head. It's like the pressure to win. He knows that Kansas is going to be a process, but. Going back to the subject we started on, transfer quarterbacks. Yep. Also, one more thing on Jalen Hurts. That Texas Twitter account that called him out for not being ready for the Red River rivalry. Oh, my gosh. That's stupid. He This guy has played in big-time games, and he has stepped up in big-time moments. I so think, that dude just it? does not know what he's talking about it was, at all. I don't remember the, the exact quote. It was something somebody asked him about this, this rivalry, and he's like, I played in the Iron Bowl. Yeah, he said he played in the Iron Bowl. He's played in the National Championship. He's played in SEC Championships. This man is ready. The – Red River rivalry is not going to face this guy. No, and it's like the Iron Bowl is Auburn, Alabama. Exactly, which is way bigger than Texas, Oklahoma. But on the other side, it's just like Texas fans are just trying to find a reason not to like Jalen Hurts. Exactly. And then so next after Jalen Hurts, we have Fields at Ohio State, and he is just killing it this year. Um, It's disputable whether they're the best team in the country right now. A lot of people have them at number one. Even though there is a Alabama lot, and Clemson are there, but they have looked so good this year. There are a lot of people who have, like are loving Ohio State, and I read I read a tweet the other day, 
and this I don't want to make it a knock on Urban Meyer, but the tweet was something like, Ohio State looks like they have no distractions this year and are just playing football. In an instance, like I can agree with that almost because with Urban Meyer, there was always some, some type of drama. Even when he was back at Florida, there was always drama with Urban Meyer. And now Urban Meyer's out of there, and the new coach was Ryan Day. Mm-hmm. He was the offensive coordinator. He's the coach. And I think he's just – He's just going in there, and he's just coaching football, and there's not worrying about all that outside stuff from Urban Meyer. Yeah, they're, uh, Ohio State's just looking good right now. They're doing what they do. It, like you said, they are just playing football, and they're playing really impressive football and up to this point in the year. We talked about it last week. Wisconsin at Ohio State sometime in November. That's going to be a really good game because I think people are underrated Wisconsin. They are extremely, extremely solid. I think Jonathan Taylor, the running back from Wisconsin, had four rushing touchdowns in the first half. The thing is, like, it's hard to say you can be fundamental in football, but Wisconsin is fundamental. Yeah, they they play solid football on both sides, solid uh, line play on both sides of the ball, and they run the ball, and they play their style, and they just do it better than everybody else they play. So when that, game's come, that game comes, Wisconsin, the only thing is, I wish it was at Wisconsin, but it's at Ohio State. So for that reason, I, I would probably yeah. pick Ohio State to win. But it's And here we are again. Uh, 16 minutes in, we had a little bit of technical difficulty, you could say. Two days later, we've made it back. Yep, two days later, they're here to finish it off. So I'm just going to kick them off, and I'm going to sit in here so there is no technical difficulties this week, but uh, or this time around, I guess. But, boys, you can you can take away. You finished up with uh, Ohio State, I think right? we were talking a little bit about our transfer quarterbacks, and okay. I was talking about some Justin Fields. and Cool. Yeah, Justin Fields has been performing well. He has. Um, that's a so basically where we ended with was how how well he has his team rolling right now. I think uh, next we had Jacob Eason on the list. What's, we did. What do you think about some Jacob Eason for Washington this year? I mean, I'm happy for the kid just because of how things ended at Georgia. I mean, he, he had the good true freshman year, and then he started off the first game, got hurt. Jake Fromm came in, just kind of took the, took the lead of that team. And, I mean, he took him to a – Title game, so yeah, it's, you, you can't really. It's, it's tough when you lose your job, kind of to injury, which is what he did. And like you said, he he was a starter and gets hurt, and Fromm comes in and takes a job and is held onto it. And that's just kind of the way college football is going. If you, if you lose your job, especially at the at the quarterback position, you just go find somewhere else to play. And it's just if you can say you like it or you don't like it, but that's just kind of the way the the college game is going right now. Yeah, it's tough because you're seeing that a lot more now, like. The, the blue blood schools and the powerhouses where they're just getting so many four and five star quarterbacks like it's basically next man up if you get hurt or if you're you, not performing. You can't really blame the schools either because they have to go get the best people that will help them win. But you can't blame the kids either because they want to go somewhere where they can play. And all these kids have people around them too. Like, hey, it's better for you to go somewhere to play. And those people around them would rather them go play somewhere than sit on a be a second string or third string at a place like like. Clemson, or so to speak, or something like that. Exactly. Imagine at one point, if he would have stayed, there could have been a QB room at Georgia that had him, Jake Fromm, and Justin Fields, all three. Yeah. That's crazy. And they're all three really good. And I, you almost have to tip your cap to Kirby Smart and be like, good job. Because, you know, he had all those quarterbacks who could have, were going to be in the same room. And, and I think he probably knew that one of them, or obviously two of them, were left. He probably knew that was going to happen. But, that's just kind of the like I said. That's kind of the way the game's going. Yeah, and they're all three of them are succeeding where they're at. So I'm happy for all of them. Yeah, Fields is, I, and I think that Fields is probably to me. I think he's clearly the best one. Like Fromm is really good, and 
Eason's probably third, Fromm second, Fields is first because Fields is just he's dominating right now. He is. He's really dominating. And next on the list, we got Shane Bouchelle at SMU. You know, I've been talking about this guy. I'm pretty high on him. Um, he transferred from Texas, and he kind of lost. He he didn't lose his job because of injury, even though he was banged up a little bit. He kind of lost it just because they were kind of doing the two QB system, see what they wanted to go with last year, and then Sam Ellinger just beat him out for the job. SMU's having a, quietly a good year. I think they they're, are. They're ranked like 24th right now, and they're ranked 21st right now. Yeah, setting at six and zero, something like that. But you know, it's just those those t- people who play football and grow up playing football in Texas are just a little bit different, have a different tick to them. So and he he's one of those guys. He's a, went to Texas, now he's at SMU, and he's. Yep. He's performing, and he's just another example of I lost my job, I'm going to go somewhere where I can yeah, play. He's homegrown down there, and they love him at SMU too. I mean, the last game, they won triple overtime. They beat Tulsa, but he went 23 for 40 with 280 yards and two TDs, and that last TD was the he made a heck of a throw in yeah. the back corner to seal the game for him, so he's having a great year. Next we got Kelly Bryant, who I know you're a pretty big fan of, so uh, I, let's hear about him. Um, Kelly Bryant, he's solid, but Trevor Lawrence is better. He just he beat him out, beat him out for the job. And Kelly Bryant kind of did what he had to do. He he played his four games and uh, last year, and Lawrence beat him out for the job. And Lawrence is now the starter. And I think you and I can both agree Trevor Lawrence is better than Kelly Bryant. He is. And Kelly Bryant went to Greener Pastures, and he's at Missouri now. And I I mean he's he's a fine quarterback, and he just did what he had to do. He did. It's impressive, though, because he did win those four four pretty big games for him. One of them was Texas A&M, which they almost lost, but they pulled through. And would they have got to the national title without those four games? Uh, I, I would lean, yeah. But speaking of the national title, the thing is, is I'm sure you remember the, the dilemma about should Kelly Bryant get a, a title ring. What, what do you think about that? Well, on one hand, you have him where he did play four games. And so – they won all of them, so it's tough to say like he didn't contribute at all because he obviously contributed a pretty big part, especially at the beginning. But then he left, and I think if I was Dabo, I would want to give him a ring because of what he did for the program and those those four games he won. But if I was in Kelly Bryant's shoes, I don't think I would want a ring. So it's it's kind of like I don't know, up um, in the air. The thing is, like if he would have played his four games and just asked coach. Dabo Sweeney, like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm on a red shirt. Let me finish out the year here. But he, he played four games. He quit the team and left the team. So for that, that's why I kind of lean no on him deserving that championship ring for that year. But I, it goes back and forth. Like, if you give him a ring, people are going to criticize you. Like, hey, man, he quit the team. If you don't give him a ring, people are going to criticize you and say, oh, he won four games for you or three games, however many he ended up starting for. So, like, you, you can't really win in this argument. Personally, for in this instance, like I said, he, he played his four games, took a stretch shirt, and he quit the team. So, I, for that reason, I don't think he deserves a ring. Yeah, I would agree. So, what do you think about him at Missouri this year? He's been fine. Um, I think he just got hurt. He had a little ankle injury, and they thought it was going to be really wor- worse than it is, but I think he's, like, injury-wise, he's fine. But it's, it's kind, of, kind of telling about him that he went to Missouri – and then soon after he got to Missouri, they got hit with that bowl ban. And he had the option to transfer again somewhere that could play in the postseason. And he chose to stay at Missouri. So I think that's kind of telling about kind of person he kind of is. Yeah, it shows a lot about his character. And also, if you're a guy in that locker room 
Like, that's definitely who you want to play for, a guy that's going to stick around even through the hard times. I mean, he he was there for a month whenever they figured that out, I think. And yeah. so he, mean, he could have just jumped ship again, but he didn't. I know personally, like, it, he, he transferred somewhere he knew he was going to be the starting quarterback. And then they got hit with the bowl ban. So I think like even after they got hit with, after they got hit with the bowl ban, he could have went somewhere else and had a chance to play in the postseason and still been the starter. So I mean, I know personally, I would have maybe looked somewhere else to see what my options were. But I guess he felt there at home. Yeah, I guess he did. So um, I guess next off we got our last transfer QB, who people really had high hopes for, but he's kind of been struggling this year. And a lot of the high hopes were just because of the team he went to, but. We got Brandon Wilmbush who went – he left Notre Dame and went to UCF, and people were expecting them to be undefeated through this point in the year, and they got two losses right now in their yeah, resume. We hit, we hit on them uh, hit on them starting the show. But UCF, like, they're just – they still have all that talent from the Scott Frost era, and it's kind of dwindling down now, though. So, But I think he's good. I think Wilmbush is good. And, you know, if you're going – if you go to Notre Dame – you're gonna you you're you're a good quarterback and he was there now he's at UCF and I, he's not been performing well but I still think he's a, he's a guy that's gonna take some time and throughout the course of the year I think he'll get better. Yeah, I think he will too. Um, I mean, getting thrown into a new system is never easy, and also, like he just probably hasn't had as many reps as he needs to with a lot of these wideouts and stuff. So, and a lot of it also you can't put it all on him. Their defense hasn't been playing as well as they have been in the past either. Yeah, they so. Their defense, especially under Scott Frost, was yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, but so I guess in some other quarterback news, we just found out that I guess since the A and M game, Trevor Lawrence has been playing a little banged up, and that yeah, could that could be what's been hurting him a little bit. That's kind of went under the radar a little bit. It's like what was it? His shoulder, maybe? Yeah, he hurt, he hurt his shoulder against A and M in week one, and he hasn't. And you know, I've come on been on the show, and I've said. Looks like you know Davos Sweeney's not showing all of his cards, not running his full offense. Maybe that has something to do with it. Trevor Lawrence been a little banged up and not been fully healthy, so that could be a reason why. Yeah, when the media is asking Dabo about um, the MRI that he had on his shoulder, he got kind of fiery and snapped back at him, like he didn't really want to answer any questions about it. So I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign about it, but no, and like he says he's he says he's good going forward. So we'll see how he plays. I just I do not like when coaches. Snap at media like like media is just doing their job. Unless it's just a stupid question, like there's no reason to snap back. And my boy Saban's the worst about it. Yeah, he he thinks he's above everybody. So. Yeah. Um. You want some uh, other quarterback news? Yeah, let's hear some. I got a little. I got a little scoop. Uh, since we did the last show and until now, I think. Uh, Lynn Bowden's going to be our guy Saturday. Can you punch that in 100%? I'll put it at 99.9% that Lynn Bowden's will be playing quarterback Saturday for Kentucky. That's a very exciting news to hear. I, I mean, I'm, it's going to be exciting to watch, but that's you it's good. You, that's just between you and I. Win, win or lose, it's going to be entertaining. So, yeah, I mean, very well, they could come out and be Sarge Smith, but from what I've been told, it looks like it's going to be Lynn Bowden. And this one I do have a couple sources on, just going to say. That's what we like to hear. Shout out to the sources, by the way. You know who you are. All right, so you want to get to some games of the week? Yeah, great, great slate of games this weekend. All right, so our first big game of the week, we have the Red River Rivalry, number six, Oklahoma, versus number 11, Texas. This is one that will probably be close since simply because it's a a rivalry game, but I think uh, Oklahoma is like 
a lot better than Texas. I'm not. I was a huge Tom Herman guy when he came from Houston, and I thought he was going to get it rolling at Texas. And don't get me wrong, they're still good, but Texas had their opportunity to make a statement when they had LSU at home, and they just lost. Joe Burrow went in there and tore them to shreds, and that was his opportunity to say, "Hey, like we're here in the forefront." Now here's another opportunity, and I just, just I don't think they're going to capitalize. They Oklahoma, we've talked about Jalen Hurts, we've raved about him how good he is, and I think there's a scenario where Oklahoma just goes in there and rolls them. I don't really expect that because in these rivalry games, there's always it's always always close. You saw it last weekend with Texas A&M and Arkansas. Like Texas A&M was like clearly the better team, but it was a close game because I just just how those rivalry games go. Yeah, they're. It very easily could be a blowout, but I don't think it's going to be. Um, I actually like Texas in this one a little bit. I don't know really why, but I just think they're going to get things rolling on offense. Sam Ellinger will have them. See, that's I think that's kind of where we differ. I'm just talking about Sam, Sam Ellinger guy. Yeah, I think he's just going to have them rolling on Saturday. And but also, I think that the defense, I think for the first time all year, we're going to see a little bit of pressure um, on the, the QB. We're going to see what, what he does. Um I mean, he, we know he's used to those SEC defenses, so nothing really compares to that. But all year, he he's just kind of done his own thing, had his there's way. A, there's kind of an underlying factor too, is that Texas beat Oklahoma last year at, at the yeah. at the end on a kick, and I think the majority of these guys playing for Oklahoma were on that team, besides Hurts, obviously. And they, they don't they're not going to forget like, hey, it's, it's trying to get them back. So for that, I'm, I'm going to go Oklahoma in this game. You got a score for me? It'll be. Da, 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 da. Like thirty-eight twenty-seven. Okay. Thirty-eight twenty-seven. Oklahoma. I, I like think that. I think I'm gonna go a little bit more higher scoring. I think I'm gonna go Texas, forty-two thirty-eight maybe. I like that. That's I like that. We'll see. Because for Texas to win, they're gonna have to put a lot of points on the board. Yeah. But I think they can do it. And this is a time for Alex Grants, the the defensive coordinator from Oklahoma, to like prove his worth. He's a yeah. young guy. He's he's been around. He was at Ohio State. People raved about how good he was. He's a co-defensive coordinator at Ohio State last year. He's a great recruiter. Now he's he's got his own defense there at Oklahoma. And we've historically saw Oklahoma's defense the past few years been really bad. And it's improved this year, but now here's their chance. Here's his chance to prove that no, I've I've built my defense, and it's, now it's time for them to put up or shut up. The one last thing that I think might give Texas a little edge is that they have played in that big game this year. They did lose it, but they have been there. And Oklahoma just really hasn't had that big game yet this year, yeah, so but, it's their first big test. As we've said before, Jalen Hurts has played in a lot of big yep. games, so I've got Oklahoma. All right, so next we got the number one team in the country, Alabama versus number twenty four, Texas A and M. Literally, Alabama by like thirty. Yeah, I just don't even think this game's going to be close. I mean, you got the goat on the sideline, Nick Saban. You got, I think who the Heisman Trophy favorite should be right now because he – the little bit you hear about him, but he's just doing everything right. He's, to, he's, to, uh, so, he's so he's, good. He's, he's just like so under, good, he's yes. He's under the radar a little bit. And he's under the radar because he is so good and he's been so good. And if he didn't hurt himself last year, he would have won it in my opinion. And But also, like, they do have their depth issues on defense, especially at linebacker. They're really young and – they just really have no depth there. But, uh, but this offense with Najee and all four wideouts, like it's still the best receiving core I've ever Texas, seen. They're just crazy Texas good. Texas A&M still is, is still getting there. Jimbo Fisher, what is this, his first year or second year? I don't even know off the top of my head. 
But like he's 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 obviously we know what he is as a recruiter. He gets the top guys in the country every year. He's competing with Alabama and Clemson for guys. But those guys he's been recruiting aren't there yet. And I think he'll get there. I think they'll end up being good in a few years. But right now, it's even though it's at Texas A&M, um, I think Texas A&M is just going to get beat pretty bad. Like that score is going to be. <clears throat> I think so too. But then at the same time, there are some. Some stats are showing that it could be a, lot, a little bit closer. So, I got here's a stat for you. So, Alabama's defense has given up 30 plus points in three of their last seven games. And they only gave up 30 plus once in the 2018 regular season. I just not a believer in the Texas AM offense to do anything. What's their quarterback's name? Something. Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond, yeah. From, he yeah. went to uh, that school down in Florida, IMG Academy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm not a believer in him either. He's he's been inconsistent to say the, to say the least. But yeah, I got. I'm gonna say Alabama. I was like I like like 41 13. Yeah, I'm like that big of a blowout. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go. Maybe 17. 41 17. I'm probably gonna go. We'll say 48 to 14. I think two is gonna have a real big day. Tua right now he leads the FBS with passing TDs with 23. And he has zero interceptions. I'm gonna, that is, I'm going to say that's a crazy stat. I want to say that he throws his first interception. He might. Saturday. His first interception is going to be the so A&M. yeah. So we're both going with Bama is going to make it seven straight wins for them against A and M. So yeah, I got yep. Alabama. So our next game on our slate, we have USC versus number nine Notre Dame. This is one that these games they've been they've played the last few years and they've been doing the home and home and they're always close games but USC is just not the USC we grew up watching that's just literally all there is to it and Ian Buck for Notre, Notre Dame Notre Dame's earned my respect with that Georgia game I, I thought that they were going to get steamrolled by Georgia I would have put everything yeah we out. both did I think and then they their defense they they looked like they had SEC speed uh, in that game and I think, and on the other side, USC is they're on their third string quarterback. Mm-hmm. They had the JT Daniels; he was their starter. He got hurt, and their backup—I don't know his name—he got hurt. And then now they're on their third string. And the third string, what is? It? I think it's Luke Fink or Matt Fink, something like that. It's crazy that their QB room is crazy because all three quarterbacks are super good, and the backup, and even this third stringer—if they went anywhere else, they'd probably be starting. Yeah, and but. I think that's a job that's going to be coming open soon. It I, maybe so, but, but the the one thing I like about USC is I don't know how much you've watched them this year. I've watched them a couple games, but their wideouts they got wideouts that can make plays. Like that's that's one reason their backup and their third string, who's now starting for them, has been um, playing as well as they have when they get in because they just kind of throw the ball up maybe, and their wideouts maybe, go and make plays. Maybe that's why too. Maybe so. <laughs> I think. I would go as far to say that USC's receiving core is top four in the country. I'm gonna be honest. I don't couldn't name one USC wide receiver, not one. Come on now. Uh, no, I don't have. Okay, one. well, you watch their highlights after this week, and you'll know a couple of their names. Well, I'm telling they're not you, not gonna have any highlights because Notre Dame's gonna beat them. Okay, I agree. Notre, Notre Dame is gonna win, but I think it's gonna be closer than people think. Twenty-four to ten. I'm going to go... No, 24-13. 24-13. I'm going to go Notre Dame, 27-24. Oh, that close? Yeah, I think it's going to be that close. You think 
is that you could say like a field goal at the end of the game, or is it just going to play out? And... I think a, a field goal towards the end of the game, and then maybe a defensive stop. Okay. Yep. So our, our fourth big game of the week, we got number ten Penn State going to number seventeen Iowa. <laughs> can we can, let's let's, let's uh, name the amount of players we can name for both teams? I can name the one wide out from Penn, Penn State, State, KJ Homer. He's a dog. He is. I mean, you, wherever you put him, he's just making plays. Is uh, Trace McSorley still there, or Miles Sanders, or nope, any of them? Nope. No Saquon yeah. coming back through the door, even though their running back is pretty good this year, from what I've seen. I don't know his name, but he is pretty uh, good. And then listen, let's, let's. What about Iowa players? How many do we know? Zero. The, we had the two tight ends that went to the NFL last year that were drafted yep. really high. Other than that, I don't know. I did pick Iowa to beat Michigan last week. And if you ask us why we don't know any of the players on either one of these teams. Because it's the Big Ten. It's because it's the Big Ten, and also because this game is going to be maybe the most boring game of the week. The score, like last week we said that, and the score ended up being 10-3. to Like that was even lower than we thought it was going to be. So what's your honest opinion on Big Ten football? Besides Ohio State, who can actually put up some points, and – like they're just not very good. They're good though. People, I don't. There are. They're good at what they do. There are the football fans who love that defense, and I, I love defense. Don't get me wrong. Like, cause I'm all about that SEC defenses and stuff, and I always hate on the Pac-12 because they don't play defense at all. But the reason, like, I like the SEC because it falls right in the middle. It's, it's just like the perfect balance yeah. and blend of it. Whereas the Big Ten. Besides Ohio State, there's just way like I don't know if it's because the offense just aren't good or the defenses are that good, but I don't know. They just can't put points on the board. The I mean, and the thing with Penn State, they hired a, a quote unquote SEC guy, if you want to say, with James Franklin, but and he's he's not like your natural Big Ten team where like we want to score 13 points a game. Exactly. But still, like you can kind of see see some of it where they mm-hmm. where they want to. Just keep running the ball, and run, but to be fair, they had Saquon Barkley, so it would be really cool to go to one of those um, night games where they white out at Penn State. Yeah, you said that was your favorite jersey. I love those uniforms, those classic Penn State uniforms. I don't. For some reason, I just love it. They're so plain. I know, but the the navy blue just looks so good, man. I just, whatever. Just, all I know is I'm picking Iowa to win because I picked them last week, and they gave me three points. All right, well, I'm going with Penn State just because I think K.J. Homer's going to have a touchdown or two and get the dub. Who's going to throw it to him? I have no clue. <laughs> they, they might they might just break out a trick play to win. They might That might be what they have to do to score some points. Do you like James Franklin? Not necessarily. You don't like James Franklin? No, I like that he, uh, for probably the same reason you do, I like how he gets to a bowl game and loses the U.K. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for faking that punt there, James Franklin. Yep, James Franklin, shout out to you for giving Kentucky a 10-win season. You were a real one. All right, so our last big game of the day and the biggest game of the week, you got number seven, Florida, headed to number five, LSU. Thoughts and opinions on that one? This one is going to be a disaster for Florida. Florida's going to be coming off the high, beating Auburn. And they, they, uh, they looked okay, to be fair. Against Auburn, but now they're going on the road. There's going to be like ninety thousand people at night in at LSU, and they're just going to get destroyed. Florida is going to get absolutely absolutely demolished. Yeah, it's going to be an absolute killing, in my opinion. Um, Florida came to play last week whenever a lot of people didn't expect it to, but I'm just going to tell you some things right now that it's going to get you going. 
I'm ready. It's a night game at, at LSU in Death Valley. Tigers, did you know they're nocturnal? Which means they are wide awake at night. They are coming to play this week. Ed Orgeron is 6-2 and two versus top 10 teams. LSU is first in scoring offense, second in passing offense. They have the most points scored through the first five games in SEC history. They've scored at least 42 points in every game. Joe Burrow is 78%. They are going to slaughter them. If you're a Florida fan, do not come to the game because your Florida Gators are not going to show up to the game either. Don't even come because if you do, you're just going to be disappointed. You're not even going to be able to go out. You're not going to have any fun at all. It is going to be a slaughtering. You might as well just go to the very first original Canes, get you a Caniac box, go to your hotel room, go straight to bed. Because nobody on your team is showing up. It is going to be a bloodbath. These Tigers are eating in Death Valley on Saturday night. They can't even enjoy the city of Baton Rouge. No, not at all. It is going to be a straight-up slaughtering. At least you let them go to Racing Canes. Also, Florida and LSU, they both debate on who is DBU. We all know it's actually LSU. And Florida's DBs are going to get torched this week. Kentucky should have beat Florida. We should have. And that's why Coach O is Coach O is going to stick it to them. Yeah, I think uh, FSU is going to beat them pretty bad, and Florida fans are just going to go sit in their hotels, I guess, and not enjoy the city. Go get some games. Exactly. <laughs> so, what you, you got? A score prediction? Oh, uh, yeah. Honestly, I think Florida. I did, I said LSU a ball map, but Florida will keep it in the game for a while. It's going to be like thirty-five. Trask will be good. 35, like 20, 35 20. I like 35 20. You have a little more faith than I do. I'm going LSU 42 to 17. Go Tigers. That's a, that'll be a blowout. It will be a blowout. I'm really, really, if I, think, I think LSU will win, and then we're going to get the LSU Alabama game. And I think that's just going to be awesome. It is. It's going to be the game everybody wants to see. Yeah, because it'll be like you have like two Heisman candidates going at it. Where's it at? Is it Alabama? I think it's at Alabama. We've had this conversation like four times. Yep. But I think uh, that's going to be yeah. going to be telling. You got you got one defense who's killing it this year. You got one defense who has is having struggles like they don't usually have. We don't really usually see Alabama having struggles on defense. Um, you got two great offenses who are just killing it. You got probably the greatest coach of all time who a lot of people hate. And then you got on the other sideline you got Coach O. I don't who, think I don't think uh, Davos Sweeney's coaching that game. Stop it. Stop it. Nick Saban is the best coach. Don't don't even start that. But then on the other sideline, you have Coach O, who he still needs to prove himself a little bit, but people love him. You know what I think is weird about Coach O? Let's hear it. So, he was the – I think he was like offensive line coach or defensive line coach at LSU when Les Miles was there. Les Miles gets fired and they hire him. And he's done definitively better than, L- than Les Miles is doing at the end. And I just always think it's like a weird thing when you hire an assistant off of the staff you kind of just fired, and they just go in and just dominate. I'm I'm thoroughly against like hiring assistants off of a head coach staff that you literally just got rid of. But coach Coach O's been in there and done good. Yeah, this is one time it has really worked out in that team's favor and uh, Coach O's favor. I mean, he just he just came in and was like, "It's so we're gonna weird. we're gonna do things my way," and it works for him. Coach O sounds. Extremely, extremely like the Cookie Monster. Yeah, I love him. He's <laughs> awesome. Anytime he's on TV, you got to stop and listen to him. So who, uh, who's your uh, number one team in the country right now? Mm, I'm still going to Alabama. You still got to go with the Tide. I just that defense worries me for Alabama. I know they really worry me, but that offense, it's just like even 
I think they're going to be able to outscore teams. Yeah, I can see that. Like I, most years they win with their defense, but this year they're going to be able to outscore teams. I just don't know if they're going to be able to outscore Jalen Hurts when they play Oklahoma in the playoff. I mean, that Oklahoma defense, we all know. Well, that It's just, not the greatest defense ever. No, it's – I think – I don't even like – I hate to say this, but I do think like Ohio State's is – they're like really good. I have them ready too. And like they, their defense is loaded. They have – Two top ten picks, maybe top seven picks with Chase Young, and I think it's Okuda, the the cornerback they yeah. have. So, yeah, I got Ohio State there, and then I still like Clemson until until Alabama can show that they're better than Clemson, which they did not last year in the championship game because Clemson did what LSU is going to do to Florida this weekend. <laughs> they just steamrolled <laughs> them and make it close. So yeah, I got I like I like Ohio State. I, but a lot. I like Ohio State too a lot. But a, you, and you even know how much I hate Ohio State. I'm like really high, more high on Clemson than a lot of people are. Because a lot of people online, like college football, the guys are like have Clemson like six and five. Yeah, my thing is I have them at five. You know that. But mine is until they can prove to me that they're like they have been the past couple of years. Because they lost just so much on defense. But we see this. And that's the thing. They did lose a lot of defense. But we see the same thing from every year. Like last year, they the. They almost got beat by Syracuse at home. And it's like the same week this North Carolina game was this year. They almost got beat by North Carolina. Yeah. They're going to keep improving. So, yeah, I think Clemson is going to be fine. Really what it boils down to for me is we need to see Trevor Lawrence play like the Trevor Lawrence of last year. Right now he's playing like Sunshine from Remember the Titans, which isn't bad, but it's not Trevor Lawrence. We need Trevor Lawrence. You got any other thoughts before we call it a show? Uh, my, really, my last thought is I saw last night on Twitter this um, this player came out and was just calling out Dana Hogerson. Oh, my gosh. I what do you think about that. that? That was wild. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking about it. Um, what's his He was Murphy. He's a wide receiver for Houston. He gra- yeah, he's, he's had like three knee injuries. He's, gra- he's transferred a couple times. So, like, I guess, like, I really did – I read the tweets, but I don't know the whole story, but – it seems like what he's saying is Coach Hogerson ask all the seniors to redshirt. Yeah, it's basically they're basically tanking this year. Yeah, and and we talked about the what's it, Derek King, the quarterback for Houston, and was what Lock and Cam was doing the football show. And I was I asked, I was like, do you think Derek King will be at be at Houston next year? And they all was like, no. And I was like, no, there's no shot he's gonna be at Houston this year. But I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, their coach and the quarterback had a pact, like, hey, sit yeah. out this year and we'll get better. So, it's just a weird scenario. And it wasn't just the QB. It was all of them except for, like, two or three of them. Yeah, and then and this guy who tweeted out, it looks like he had got hurt again. And I don't think – It almost seemed like they kind of took away a scholarship or something. Yeah. And he's no longer with the team. It was real weird. But um, a lot of people a lot of people were busting Dana Hogerson's chops after this came out just because I guess he's been kind of shady in the past. That's – you don't hear – I don't know if it's even a hot take. I don't think we'll ever hear anything come out come out about it again. I don't know. Maybe like, not like just Houston, because Houston's, Houston's so bad this year. Houston's but when I try to hide it, and somebody will ask Hogerson, he'll make some comment, it'll resurface, and that'll be all we. It'll have. be really interesting to see. I really want to see like some big name analyst like Skip or somebody talk about it because you know Skip if he if he got word of it he'd just go in on him. I think they just even like. Like, they don't talk about college sports as much. I know. Like, the drama, they just they don't talk about All right. That's why we got before, us here, Miller and Bargo. Before we go, what's your Kentucky-Arkansas prediction? Um, Kentucky-Arkansas. Kentucky wins. Let's go 
Let's go 20, 24, 23. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we're going to win by one. We're actually going to make a last-second field goal because – kicks it? Might as well just say Lynn Bowden kicks it because Lynn uh-huh. Bowden's going to do everything else for us. Might as well have him kick for us too. Um, um, I mean, he, he he has a – let's say Lynn Bowden would be um, chance fair. Oh Lynn Bowden would be chance fair instead of chance poor because his chance of hitting it is chance poor like his name. So we're going to say Lynn Bowden kicks it and chance fair that he hits it. Um. I think if we only beat Arkansas by one point, it's going to be a long rest of the season because Arkansas is bad. Yeah, fairly one of their, their defense is like one of the worst in the country. And they, they're and they're having like a quarterback. I guess you can call it a battle. Their starter got hurt, Nick Starkle, and they're on their backup Ben Hicks. And we all know how Kentucky does with backup quarterbacks. My goodness, if he comes in and just goes crazy, I mean, I'll just have to sit yeah. there and watch it because I won't be shy because I've saw it for years. The one but, thing. That- the weather might not be great for the first time all year, so, I mean, that could help us because we're more of a running team. But also, on the other hand, Arkansas, he's got – they got that last chance you favorite of everybody. He's yeah, Rakeem Boyd. Rakeem Boyd. I heard I know. He was my brother Ethan's, like, favorite player on the show. So, um, Rakeem, if he just goes off, I'm, I'm just going to have to quit watching that show every season now because – That's a good be, show. It all is. Right, let's end it there. Thank you. We'll do it again next week. Uh, I guess we'll just end it there. Locke's not in here. Yep, he thank used, you. He usually ends it. And, uh, go Cats and go Tigers. We'll say, we'll say Kentucky. Um, I like I like 24. I'll do uh, – no, actually, I don't like 24. That means we have to make a field goal. I'll do uh, 28 – I'll do 28-14 Kentucky. Yep, ripping the chat for all the Florida fans out there. Hate to be you this weekend.